Welcome to this podcast from the Bay Church. We hope you're blessed by the message. To find out more, please visit our website at www.the-bay-church.org.uk. And so it's my privilege to welcome up the first young person, which just happens to be one of the loves of my life. Uh, let's welcome Dan Barnsley. So um, I want to tell you this morning that the, the sign of a good parent is that they want to see their kids' dreams come true. Um, and how many of us know that we all have a, a loving God in heaven that loves to see our dreams come true? Um, so, yeah, I mean, one night when I was living in America, my mum was, like, tucking me into bed, and she asked me what my dreams were. Um, and I said, I want to make films, and I want to write songs. So um, a couple of days later, we were, we were trying to decide what we were going to do to fundraise for a, a trip we were going on to Washington, D.C. as a youth group, like a missions trip. Um, and we needed a load of money. It's about £10,000 for all 30 of us to go. Um, and, uh, yeah, so we kind of decided, how can we raise some money? And my mum was like, oh, you could write a song and try and like, advertise it that way. And I was like, I've never really written a song before. Um, but anyway, we, we kind of we had to think about it. And within about an hour and a half later, we'd uh, written the song and uh, recorded it kind of onto my iPad. And uh, that was just a miracle in itself. But we took it to the, the, the youth group leader, and she, she loved it. And she basically scrapped all the other ideas of get like car boot sales and all that, just like, we're going to use this song, we're going to like stand in this cafe at Bethel, we're going to tell people uh, to give us money, basically. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, um, I, we stood there for like three, we had three services that we were going to try and just like advertise this and see if people could give money. And uh, within 20 minutes of the first service, um, somebody came and gave an anonymous check for $10,000, which was the exact amount we needed. Um, and then we still had like th- two other services left, so we got loads. Um, <laughs> So that was absolutely amazing. And then, so at that time of year, there was actually the BSSM, which is the adult school. We're going to go and off to mission trips as well. Um, and so we went into their school to try and release this testimony because it's, it's really cool. Um, and so, but while I was there, um, there was, uh, in one of the revival groups, somebody in there saw something in me and felt that God was telling them to give me their, like, $6,000 video camera that they were going to try and sell to make money for their missions trip. Um, and... That was absolutely incredible. So within about two weeks of mum asking me what my dreams were, God had answered both of them. Like I'd raised like $10,000 with this song, and I had got this amazing video camera that I've gone on to make a lot of films with. So it's, it's just incredible. And um, I just kind of, I come today to say that, that God loves it when you dream, and that, that he loves what you love. Um, there's a, the verse in Ephesians, it says, uh, God goes above and beyond whatever you could ask or imagine. And I would never have imagined that I'd get this kind of like, stuff just from basically saying I want it as a dream. Um, and yeah, so um, about a year after I had uh, come back from Bethel, um, we actually went back as a ho- on a holiday. Um, and we, I was sitting in the prayer garden there, and I was kind of, my heart was saying I really wanted to be back in America. I loved the culture, I loved everything about it, and I, I felt in England it was, I don't know, I didn't like it as much. Um, <laughs> so um, I was kind of praying about it, and I was asking God, why can't I be in America? And I, I heard him say that I need you in England, and that was like a really profound moment for me. And uh, as about, when we were back in the UK, I was trying to ask God, like, what do you want me to do? Um, and he, I felt it like he was saying it was something to do with videos. Um, 
so I was like, okay. And then I think my mum said, you know, you could ask your head teacher at this school if you could make a video for the school, because it's like a new building, and I had a drone that I could like fly around and try and make a cool video. Um, but I was like, okay, that's all right. I've never really spoken to this guy before. I'm a pretty new student, and it's like, I don't know, a bit scary. But anyway, I went to school, um, and uh, I, I sat down in my form for about five minutes, and then in, came, in comes the head teacher asking for me, and I was like, whoa, this is weird. Um, <laughs> And he calls me outside, and he says, Dan, I hear you make videos. I'm like, yeah, uh-huh, how do you know that? <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, he basically says, I want to make this video for the school. Um, I had literally no idea how he knew that I made videos. So afterwards, I texted my mum. I was like, did you tell the head teacher to come into my form and like, make, tell me to make a movie? Because like, I don't know how he knows this. But um, no, he didn't, he didn't do anything. It was literally just the incredible timing on that. Like, that. That morning, we were praying that I wanted to make a film for this school. And yeah, I mean, that film went on to get like 30,000 views and I'd gone on to do a load of other videos with that school and with others. And it's, it's been actually incredible, like the, the favor that I've had with that. So yeah, it's really cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I find it really interesting that actually Jesus asks you what you want. Um, because I mean, there's a, there's a story in the Bible where there's a blind man and Jesus actually asks him what he wants. And I think that's really weird because I would assume he'd want to see. Um, like he's like, I want, yeah. But Jesus still asked him, and I think sometimes as Christians we can we can pray what, what we think Jesus wants, um, but I think He wants to ask us what we want because um, I mean it seems like there's more important issues in the world, but I think that He loves to influence the world by showing us how good He is. Um, in Hebrews 11 it says, "Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we don't see." Um, and yeah, I, th I think God really does hear the whispers of your heart because it was um, about a year ago I, um, I bought a new MacBook Pro because I needed it for my filmmaking and it was the most expensive thing I'd ever bought. Um, and I bought it secondhand because I couldn't actually afford the full price on. Um, so I bought it. And ever since I got it, it was it, it kind of didn't really work properly. And whenever I opened it, it made like a clicking noise. And it was really upsetting because it's like so expensive. And the keyboards would sometimes not work. So I, was, I, I sometimes ask God, I was like, God, please, can you just fix my MacBook? Because I really want it to work. <laughs> but um, anyway, after about a year of using it, I, um, I eventually... Um, took it into an Apple store to see if they would, could fix it. I don't know if they could because it was like second hand or if they charged me a million pounds to fix it. Um, but I took it in. I prayed on the way there. I was like, Jesus, please can you just make it be free? I don't want to pay a load of money. And, um, and yeah, and I was really scared about it. Anyway, I went in. Uh, the, I sat down. The guy was like, yes, you've got a problem and um, we, we can fix it. Um, did you get it used or second? Or did you buy it from Apple? And I was like, oh, he's gonna, I'm gonna, I got it used. <laughs> um, and he's like, okay, well, I'm not really supposed to do this, but I'll actually, there's this plan you can do where that you would get basically fix it for free. Um, but I'm not supposed to do that for used MacBooks, but I'll do it for you anyway. Um, that was absolutely incredible. And he totaled it up, and it was about a thousand pounds worth of repairs from a laptop. And I was like, that's in absolutely insane. Um, and yeah, it just kind of shows like how God loves to just. Just, he just hears the whispers of your heart. Like, it wasn't that serious of a thing. I probably could have lived with a, a MacBook that didn't properly op open nicely. But um, he, just, he just absolutely heard my heart's desires. Um, yeah, so uh, I think, you know, slaves lose the ability to, to dream because they have no hope. And as Christians, I think we can sometimes live our lives without hope. Um, but when we realize that God is our daddy and that he wants the best for us and he loves to see our dreams come true, I think there's something about that that releases life into you. Um, and yeah, I mean, my next crazy dream is to go back to Bethel and do three years of BSSM, and I've, I've got absolutely no finances for it at the moment, and it's gonna, 
It's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but I'm daring to dream, and I'd like to challenge you today, to like to say, are you dreaming? Are you daring to dream? And are you gonna see what will happen when you when you do dream? So, yeah. The testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. I'm going to just get Dan to release what he's seen God do in his life. And anybody that just wants God to do that in their life, uh, just receive what it is that Dan's carrying. Yeah, Jesus, I just pray that you release um, a dreaming heart into everyone in this room, that they'll be able to just kind of, that you'll hear their heart's desires and that they will, they will just like know that you are a safe place to dream and that you hear them whenever they dream. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Dan. And next up, we have Orla Metcalf. Come on, Alls. Okay, so I don't have a preach. I just am going to have a testimony of when we were away. Um, so... Um, when we left, I really wanted to meet with God in a way that changed how I viewed myself um, because I was in a place that I knew that needed to change. Um, I knew it really wasn't healthy and it wasn't what God wanted. Um, and the only thing I didn't know was how to do that. Um, so I was at the point where I actually I couldn't find anything that I liked about myself um, outside or inside. I really had no idea. Um, this, was, this began a long time ago. Um, and I really knew, I knew that it needed to change, but I have no idea how. So I was like, oh, it's fine. I'll just pretend that I'm fine. Um, and by the way, this is not a good plan. <laughs> like, I would not recommend it to anyone. <laughs> um, so I was doing this to save people a job of trying to fix me and trying to, I don't know, heal me. Um, and I also didn't want to revisit the root of what was going on. Um, so it was a really noble thing to do in my head. Um, <laughs> So I can tell you now that this was a completely idiotic and profoundly stupid thing to do. Um, but thankfully, I have a God that has a way of getting around profoundly stupid things. Um, so my amazingly educated decision had landed me in a bit of a pickle. Um, and it's in pickles like this that I realize how much I need Jesus <laughs> um, and how little I can do on my own. Um, so... I didn't want to ruin the run of incredible decisions I'd made up to this point, so I carried on pretending that I was fine for a while. Um, and I was living like always. I was um, going to camps, conferences, youth groups. I was still reading my Bible, praying. Um, I was falling more in love with God all the time, but I was keeping myself at a distance. Um, so at this point, I knew what I was doing was wrong, but I was doing it anyway because I didn't know how to stop. Um, this is the point that most people would ask someone to help them. Um, but I didn't, yay. Um, <laughs> I, um, again, I would recommend doing that. People, God made people for a reason. Um, so I realized something. Um, I actually hadn't asked God to help me. I hadn't asked anyone else, but I hadn't asked God. And that should be, I don't know, something that you do kind of straight away. Um, so during all of the conferencing and the camping and the youth groups and the praying and the reading of the Bible, I hadn't actually told him that I was, wasn't okay. Um, and he knew, like obviously he knows everything, but he sometimes waits for an invitation, he sometimes waits for someone to invite him, and I didn't. 
Um, and it wasn't because I didn't want him, it was simply because I was really focused on trying to get to know him that I wasn't thinking that he wanted to do the same thing. Um, I'm now in the habit of always inviting him, I think that's a good idea. Um, even if I am fine, because like me and my fine day, I still need quite a lot of help. Um, so when we were away um, during one of the evening meetings, I was inviting him and something massive changed. It was no like lightning or rain or oil or anything like that. Nothing really hugely physical, but I knew something. Like all of a sudden, I had this revelation that God was proud of me. Um, and I felt, I felt the pride of a dad. Um, which was a feeling that I hadn't previously experienced. Um, and I could feel his smile and his great delight. And I, like, I knew it. Um, and so my view of myself didn't completely change in that moment. But um, I knew that God was proud of me. And I'd always known it in my head, but I hadn't felt it. Um, and so, yeah, I realized that his pride wasn't actually anything based on me, it wasn't dependent on me, it wasn't dependent on how many people I got saved, how many pages of my Bible I read, it wasn't dependent on that. Um, it was dependent on God being my dad, and that is not gonna change, it's unconditional. Um, so this is my testimony from the week. Um, so this time, with all the camping and the falling more in love with Jesus, I actually caught a glimpse of him being unconditionally in love with me. Um, and while I'm still figuring out how to do basically everything. Um, I now know that God's proud of me, and it's not because of anything I've done. It's not because of um, anything I will do. Um, it's because he's my dad, and he loves me, and he made me, and um, when he looks at me, he doesn't see what I do. He sees who I am. Um, so this, I can tell you, really trumps um, knowing that God loves you. It really, really beats it. Um, so during one of the meetings, um, this the woman who was teaching said um, that God doesn't love who I am because of what I've done. He loves what I do because of who I am. And um, I had realized that, and now, now I'm living that I'm not striving to get God to love me. Um, uh, so that is what I want to release today. <laughs> So, Jesus, I just want to release the pride of you. I just want to release um, an openness for everyone to receive that because it's, it's really good. <laughs> um, so, and also the freedom to, to live that instead of just having this amazing pride moment and then moving on, I really want that to be something um, that you walk out. So, Jesus, I release the ability and the knowledge of how to do that of walking that out with you, walking out the knowledge that you're actually always proud of us, all the time. <laughs> yeah. And can you just repeat that sentence that you said it right at the end? Um, okay, Jesus is not proud of who I am because of what I do. He's proud of what I do because of who I am. Just say it once more. <laughs> He's not proud of who I am because of what I do. He's proud of what you do because of who I am.
so good. Thank you so much. I told you it was going to be good, didn't I tell you it was going to be good? <laughs> and now we have the beautiful Georgina Bunn coming to speak to us. Right, so I just want to start this off by saying, please bear with me, because I'm not the most articulate of people. Um, so, out of Soul Survivor, there were so many things that I got out of it. Like, it was just one of the most incredible experiences of my life. But I wanted to talk about something that's still kind of like sticking with me now and something I've carried on doing since then. Um, so, one of the things that happened was at the end of one of the preachers, we got challenged to, if we hadn't before, try and read our Bible every day which was something that I'd been meaning to do for years, but I was just kind of, I'm the queen of procrastination, so that just kept going, kept going. Um, so I really took it on this time, and I've been trying to do that ever since. Obviously, still trying. <laughs> um, so this is what I've been thinking about, kind of, since then, as well as trying to read my Bible. Um, so some context to what I'm going to do in this is, uh, so I'm in my last year of uh, schooling, so I'm doing my A-levels. But um, so I've been thinking of a way to put this into kind of an analogy to help me articulate it to do with school, because that's something I know. Um, so I'm actually dyslexic, so studying's kind of a little bit more challenging for me. So throughout the years, I've like developed different techniques, one of which is what I call black pen, blue pen, red pen. Um, and what I do, so here's a little explanation of what it is, because it can get a little bit confusing. Um, so I go through, if I'm doing a practice paper, I do it all in black pen first. I write my answers, like initially, what I think the answer might be. And then once I've done that, I go back through with a blue pen. And um, I have my school notes, my class notes, next to me, what I've learned in lessons, and try and improve the answer. And then the final thing is I do, I go through with red pen, with my mark scheme, and like see where I've gone wrong, what the answer should be. So hopefully you kind of see where I'm going with this. So the black pen for me, um, in terms of the analogy, is like faith. Um, so faith for me is an internal relationship with God. It's what you feel when you think about him. It's how you pray with him, what you feel in worship. Um, so basically where he's emotionally connected to us. And faith can often seem in Christianity like a package, but it's not, it's, God sees it as this relationship. Um, so there's a common theme in all our relationships. Everybody's got a relationship with God. It's our love for Christ that kind of like is the foundation of that. Um, but each relationship's unique in the same way that I go through my exam paper filling in the questions with a black pen. Nobody else is gonna go through a paper with the same exact answers as me. So it's always gonna be unique. Um, so I really feel like <laughs> God's not interested in this formula of being a f perfect Christian. It's always going to be unique. It's always going to be like this raw emotional relationship with God. And that's essentially what a faith is. Um, he's just interested in how he can have this intimate relationship with you. Um, and that's why he had Jesus die on the cross. <laughs> um, so moving on to the blue pen. Um, this is like, for me, the lessons I learn in church, the preachers I go to, the podcasts I hear, that little bit extra from other people. Um, 
So when I'm actually doing this in terms of my exam paper, I can often feel a little bit disheartened because there's so much more blue than there is black to start off with. Um, but this can also like happen within church as well when you're hearing um, other people speak. And it can kind of turn into a comparison because you have your relationship, but then you hear other people talk about their relationship, how it's so much more like developed and how they know so much more about their Bible. So it can kind of be like this kind of, oh, I wish, I wish. Um, but actually, this is one of the most important bits because this is how we find other ways of understanding God and his word because we can't always interpret it the first time. Like, no, I can't. Um, and it's, it's how we hear other people's views of what God's love looks like, what his word's for. Um, yeah, and then so we move on to the red pen and this for me is the Bible. So this is kind of the last bit. But um, unlike the mark schemes that I use, which are very set, very strict, there is one answer. Um, that God's is like, this isn't a definitive mark scheme for anybody. It changes, like our relationship, it changes for each individual and every one of us. Because um, God's not judging us for like how good a Christian we can be or how much we know. It's how he loves you, like all of us say, which is great. Um, so God's mark scheme works on a principle of helping us to grow in his relationship with him and guiding us through life. Um, it's more to do with like, what does God want to teach me today? Not what do I need to know, but what does God want to teach me today? Um, so I have a big love of English, and the main thing I love about it is how you can interpret things so differently across texts. Like I'll be sat in a class and we'll be discussing one of our texts that we're doing, and I'll have read a line and thought this, and then there'll be another person who's thought something completely different that's amazing. Um, in the same way, it's like this, you can do the same with the Bible. Um, a passage in the Bible can be interpreted by different people differently. And I think that's why Jesus often spoke in parables. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and just to end, so what I'm basically trying to say is you can't actually have one without another. In the same way that I can't go straight in and answer my question with the mark scheme because then I wouldn't learn anything. Or the same way I couldn't just answer with my notes from school because, again, I wouldn't learn anything. And I can't just use my black pen because then I wouldn't be de develop my answers. Um, so in the same way, you can't have your raw relationship with God without feeding that. You, you, everybody has this foundation, this relationship, but it needs to be fed. It needs to be fed by learning from others, learning from the Bible. Um, so I, until Soul Survivor, I kind of believed I was fine because I had church and I, I, like, I had my faith and everything. And I just kept, like, like I said, I kept putting off my Bible, kept putting off my Bible. Um, but I, I realized that I actually need that part of it. There was something missing in my relationship with God. And I needed that one-on-one -on -one time learning from yeah. the source, the Bible. Yeah. Um, I also have a friend who believes she can just have faith. And she does truly believe. But she too is like something's missing out of that. Because she, she feels like she can just have her faith and not go to church or she can have her faith and not read the Bible because she thinks that's enough, but it's not, there's something missing. 
Um, and sometimes people never connect with God because they're too focused on the blue and red pen. They, they listen to others, they read the Bible, but they don't ever like break down those barriers and just talk to God. Um, the other thing is don't get stressed about not knowing everything because I often felt like, oh my goodness, I need to know more, I need to know more. There's other people my age who know more than me about the Bible. Um, <laughs> but uh, don't compare yourself because everyone's at a different stage in their journey and their journeys are actually going to be different to yours. Like Everything about your relationship with God is going to be unique. And just to finish off, so in a sense, we all kind of graduate with one decision um, that we love God and that we want to build our lives around our relationship with him. Okay, I hope this is stirring up a hunger in you, okay? Stay on your feet if you want to receive what Georgie's just been talking about. We want more of this. Come on. So, Lord, I just want to pray that if there's walls that need breaking down, then those walls will be break down. Yeah. If motivation's needed to get up in the morning and read that Bible, then pray for that motivation. And we pray for this spirit of comparison, Lord, to be broken off anybody here today. We pray that you do that now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Wow. Amen. Thank you so much. Come on. Aren't they phenomenal? <laughs> and last but not least is the stunningly good-looking <laughs> Josh Byrne, are you? <laughs> Josh Barnsley, everybody. So out of all the things that I love about Soul Survivor, uh, one of the main things that I love is that you're surrounded by thousands of Christians uh, your age, uh, and you're in a place where your passion for more of God and your passion for worship are all celebrated rather than ridiculed. Um, you feel like you fit in rather than feeling like the odd one out. Um, and that's great while you're there, but what about when you get back? So I've just had uh, my first week at school um, where I'm back in an environment where I'm the only Christian in my year. Um, and I, f I find it really sad that at school there are so many people who don't know the love of Jesus and don't know his desire to know them and be in their life. And it seems like the only concept of God is religion. Um, they think it's all about rules and God is distant and irrelevant. So one day uh, I was sitting in lessons, my friend turned to me and asked me why I was religious. Uh, and I, my answer to him was that God doesn't care about religion or what you do or don't do for him. All he cares about is having a relationship with you. And my friend just looked at me speechless because he'd never heard that before. Um, he said, I want people to look at me and see the love and power of Jesus in me. I want them to see that he is a God who loves to speak to us, loves to heal us, and loves to be intimately involved in our lives. I want to demonstrate who he is and offer them an encounter with his love. So instead of talking to you uh, about God, Instead of just more information about him, uh, I want to create a space now for him to meet you where you are. Um, I would love for him to speak through me and show you how much he loves you and release his power for healing in this place.